Hello and welcome back to Talk and Chop, the official podcast of the FSBU and Florida Flambeau, FSU student newspaper. Uh, as always, I'm Logan Grutchfield, and today I'm joined by uh, Ben Meyerson. Ben has uh, been doing a lot of basketball coverage for the FSB and Florida Flambeau as of late, so I figured it might be might be an appropriate time to get him on. Um, I think there's some basketball stuff going on that a few people are wound up about. I, I, I don't really know, um, but anyways, Ben, glad to get you on. How you doing? Hey, I'm happy to be on, Logan. I really appreciate you uh, having me on this week's Talk and Chop. You know, you, you and I always have talked about doing this again since we did our first one earlier this season. And I got to say, I'm really excited to uh, talk about basketball today. Absolutely. And I know we got we got a lot of basketball to talk today. Um, we finally got March Madness rolling around. Um, and I know everybody is excited. Uh, FSU has their first game tomorrow afternoon against University of uh, North Carolina, Greensboro. But before I get into that, is that is that's going to occupy a lot of our informa- uh, attention today, I do want to point out just the success of so many other athletic, uh, FSU athletics teams uh, on campus. Right now we've got men's and women's golf at number one. We've got beach volleyball at number one. Volleyball is at number 25. Softball's at number 16. They've had a couple of big wins against uh, teams like Arizona and Florida that were in the top 10 in softball rankings. I believe both were in the top five at the time. Uh, women's tennis is number seven in the country. Women's cross country is number 15. Uh, men's swimming and diving is also number 15. Uh, men's track is number four, and women's track is number 13. A lot of those uh, sports like cross country and track are starting to get to the end of their seasons. But again, fantastic seasons from them. Couldn't go on this episode without shouting out the women's basketball team as well. Um, They're currently a nine seed in the NCAA tournament and will be opening up Sunday night against Oregon State in the women's NCAA tournament. And then baseball isn't ranked as of yet, but we've seen a good turnaround, uh, a few great games from them, uh, especially a huge victory over Florida early in the week that I know will make um, a lot of FSU fans happy. But I do want to get to the main, what everybody's been thinking about, March Madness, uh, and we finally got Florida State in. They are a four seed, and so they will be playing number 13 uh, seed in UNC Greensboro to uh, to start uh, this NCAA tournament Saturday afternoon. And Ben, could you first comment on I know UNC Greensboro is a very if, – if you're an FSU fan, they're, they're an interesting team. And I'd almost say that if, if they weren't playing the Seminoles, you'd want to cheer for them. You know, it's <laughs> very similar to them. What, what do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I think um, I think with Florida State uh, being, being as high as a seed as they were this season, um, you, never, you always want to – you know, all, all these teams you'll be playing in the first round that are 12, 13, 14, even 11 seeds are, are often mid-major teams who have won their conference tournaments. And uh, UNC Greensboro is exactly that. They they won the Southern Conference Tournament, which is actually a better conference than, than I anticipated once I looked into it. And quite frankly, like you alluded to, they, they play very similarly to, to Florida State basketball. And when I was talking or when I got the chance to talk to Leonard Hamilton 
uh, in our media session this week, he, he said that himself. He, you know, if you just take a, a look at their roster up and down their box score on the season, they have, you know, they have 11 different players who, who play 27 minutes or more per game. And uh, that's that's going to be really scary if you're, you're Florida State. Not only that, but they cause a lot of turnovers on, on the defensive end as well. They frustrate teams a lot. They're forcing nearly eight steals a game. And on top of that, very, like I said, very similarly to Florida State, they, they take a lot of three-point shots. They average about 25 per game. But for Florida State's, um, they're – or, or for Florida State's advantage, they only make seven of those per game. So they're a very high-volume team that isn't quite as efficient as Florida State. But if you're looking at this from a, a basketball perspective, the scary thing has to be that, you know, with a team taking this high volume of, of threes, if they muffle them, they could catch you on any night. And, you know, I, I think, quite frankly, if these teams played, you know, like 100 times – Florida State would, you know, definitely not go, you know, far and away with with all the wins. I think it would be a struggle. Um, and, uh, you know, and I think if you're a Florida State fan and if you're confident in this team, you're not going to be too worried. But this is the kind of great litmus test to, to really see where this team is at. I totally agree. And then the more research I did myself in the UNC Greensboro you're absolutely right. They really kind of struck me as almost a, a, a diet FSU <laughs> in a way. I mean, they've got um, in really everything except size, I suppose. And even then they've got a uh, 7-1 center, Hayden Tavall, who's really been one of their best players this season. I don't know if they can match, you know, the player for player size and athleticism of Florida State, but they've definitely, but besides that, it really kind of seems like, a similar thought process that went into this team because you really don't see that many other teams in the NCAA that use their depth the way that uh, Florida State does. And UNC, uh, UNC Greensboro does that very well. Um, and this is a team that they almost kind of seem built in some ways to, to take advantage of shortcomings in FSU's game. Um, and most specifically, what I'm thinking of is turnovers. Um, I mean, you said they averaged six, seven steals a game. And FSU, I mean, turned the ball over 25 times against Georgia Tech, um, against UNC on Friday. I mean, that was a, it was a solid win that they had to grind out. But um, it wasn't a perfect one by any means. And um, that's been kind of a bug that's bitten the Seminoles recently and to their detriment. Ben, do you – how do you think that from a fan's perspective we could approach that? Because that's definitely been kind of the, the flaw in FSU's game that's really been on my mind. And I, I, I'm just, you know, a team like UNC Greensboro, you're absolutely right. I, I think there's no reason to be unconfident about this game. But it is a team that, I mean, if they're raining threes and doing what they do and forcing turnovers, I mean, this could be – it could be a game where if it's a perfect storm, it could be a problem. So, I mean, what do you, do you think I'm getting a little too ahead of myself or what, what do you, what do you think that we can expect from the last few games that we've seen, especially in the ACC tournament? Yeah, I, I think, um, and you know, this is something I, I wrote about this week and, and I'll have um, an article 
coming out about, but uh, I was really troubled by the end of the season, especially if I'm a Florida State fan, um, just because I, I think, you know, some of their biggest um, their biggest bad tendencies, like you mentioned, the turnover bug, are, are just getting amplified right now. And uh, it, it kind of seems like to me, you know, and Leonard Hamilton said earlier this season, he said, I think I think he said this about a week or two ago, that momentum doesn't really matter. You know, this is all a game-to-game thing. But um, I would be really worried about the fact that this team just doesn't look as offensively in, in their flow as they did earlier in the season. You know, set the turnovers aside. I think if you just watch this team on offense in March versus um, them in offense – in February, it's just it's it's a very different story for me personally, and when I watch because you know when the team was playing so well earlier in the season when they beat Virginia when they went on their winning streak, it, it was not just because of um, you know their defense which is always at a good level you know they they've remained inside the top fifty for for the majority of the year and they've been hanging around that thirty five to to fifty ranking for defense for defense in the country but you know. Um, when you struggle as much to get the ball moving as they do and when when teams seem to be able to key in on what you're doing, especially in transition, that can really hurt this Florida State team. I, I think that's the trouble they're dealing with right now is that teams have kind of poked little holes in, in different things that they don't do as well as, as Leonard Hamilton would like think, them to do things. So... Um, you know, I, I would I don't want to say I would be troubled if, if I were a Florida State fan, but I certainly would hope I'd be seeing a different type of looking team, especially in March. All right, Ben. So what I what I do want to ask you about is, is and you know that in our, our many conversations that we've had about FSU basketball, I tend to be I, I maybe I tend to praise Coach Ham a little too much, but I, I think that he's really kind of a a big driver for this team's success. And I know that you have also been a mainstay at his press conferences early in the week, um, middle of the week. So what I do want to hear from you, I think you probably have in terms of the, the FSU media, you probably got a pretty good finger on the pulse of what he's thinking. Um, How would he be approaching, you know, this tournament? I know that this is a pretty atypical one for him um, just with COVID excuse me, and everything going on. But, I mean, I know just from my time in listening to his Zoom conferences, uh, this is not a man or a coaching staff that prepares lightly for games, you know, even if it's a team like UNC Greensboro where the expectation would probably be for a victory. um, I, I would still imagine that there's a lot, you know, of analysis going into, you know, figure out their flaws and figure out how to exploit them. So could you give me an idea of just where he might be at? Well, I think um, first things first, I, I want to mention is that coach himself was actually dealing with a little bit of injury. Yeah. Um, I, 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 don't know if, I don't know if people saw on Twitter, but it's rare that you get an injury report from uh, the coaching staff of a team. And I believe he actually, I'm reading it here now just because I wanted to make sure I was correct. He did. Um, rupture his Achilles when he uh, fell off off the team's bus Sunday night. So 
Um, first of all, we got to mention that coach is, is working through that. And uh, he, he's a player himself, a former player, so I'm sure he can handle it. But um, in terms of his preparation, just going back to what you were saying, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think anything changes for this team, quite frankly. Uh, I think just as much as, as they would prepare for a team like Virginia, um, they're taking a team like, like UNC Greensboro just as seriously. And I think you alluded to it, you know, a little bit earlier. That it's just, you know, the process really doesn't change in terms of who their opponent is and how they prepare for them. Um, they, they're taking all the time in the world. And, you know, and I think with, with the uniqueness of, of the tournament this year, we, we could see how, you know, that could really play into team success more than ever. And, you know, that's because of, of if you look at the scheduling of the tournament this year, the way it's set up is that teams are going to play um, about Friday through Monday for, for the weekend. And then they won't start up again until the, the following Friday or Saturday in some cases. So so really what, what you're do, doing is an AAU type tournament I guess where you take uh, you play two games a weekend you, you take the middle of the week off and then you play two games again so I think that kind of thing could really help this Florida State team and, and quite frankly that's something that people have to come to keep in mind about the tournament this year is um, it's it's very atypical there, there's nothing that is normal about this year's tournament the scheduling of it um, just just how everything is happening so um it's definitely going to be a very different year and I'm just excited to see how, you know, the different teams respond, how, you know, the top of the bracket works itself out or the top teams of the bracket work themselves out. And I, I think this year will be as interesting as any year. Very true. And I, I do think that's a, that's a good point that you make about the scheduling, you know, it's not necessarily a, a wall to wall marathon, um as we've seen in the past so i mean i think that everybody's fingers would be crossed you know for fsu to get to monday um because if they can get to monday they can then um you know get a little bit of time to decompress you know focus on what will certainly be a tough road ahead after that and and then kind of really lock in there as opposed to just you know barely being able to catch their breath before having to turn around and play like a two seed or something like that. Um, now, I do want to ask you, Ben, um, we've seen, I mean, obviously we've seen definitely some up and down performances in the last few weeks. But but that being said, you know, who I want to know, who do you think will have a, a stellar tournament um you know, we'll play well in the tournament for Florida State. I mean, for me, I've got to look at somebody like, and I, I will admit this, I, I was probably not as hot on Balsa Kovarvica as a lot of the people that I have I have had on this podcast. And I will admit now, after that ACC tournament, obviously not the result that FSU wanted to see. But uh, I, I guess I could say I, I've seen the light. I, I have seen a lot. Of he, I mean, he had a, a double double. I think in both the U uh, North Carolina game and against the um, uh, against Georgia Tech, um, and really, you know, I, I think his progress has been something to really watch here. 
But um, I mean, that's that's just me. I know MJ Walker, Scotty Barnes, Raekwon Gray would probably be in that conversation too. But um, I want to I want to get your thoughts, Ben. I mean, is there anybody that you think is really poised to just go off in this tournament, or is it going to be, you know, what what are you thinking there? Well, I think um, just just out of those four names you were just talking about, um, I, I think. I think while, like what you were saying, Balsa has looked really good. He's shown a lot of improvement. Um, the thing we also have to keep in mind is just what we're dealing with at this time of the year, which is injuries. And mm-hmm. every team is dealing with that. And if you look at, and if you know Florida State's injuries, you know that MJ Walker and Balsa have been really struggling recently. And it's not just, you know, it's, and, and it translates to on the court, of course, but if you listen to Coach Hamilton, you know, both, I don't think either of those guys are even close to 100% right now and I think especially MJ Walker in specific has been really struggling uh, coming back and trying to get his legs underneath himself um, so while you know normally I would try and throw out a name like like MJ I, I just don't think it's I just don't think the stars are aligning for him at least in these first two rounds but I think honestly the, the player the two players that I, I really want to keep my eye on for this tournament are one Scotty Barnes um, because he is, I think for me, just watching him throughout this season, the moment has never been too big for Scotty. He has always stepped up to the moment, and he's always shown out when it's his opportunity to to show out in in in, in quite frankly nail biting moments. I mean, uh, whether it was the Indiana game, or um, or just a, a number of games this season, Scotty. It always seems like when this team needs a basket, a deflection, something like that, especially at the end of the game, he delivers. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm really curious to see how he plays. And I think, you know, quite frankly, part of it that we have to keep in mind of Scotty is that uh, he's only going to be spending this year at FSU, that these are going to be his final games of the tournament. And quite frankly, this is some of his last opportunities to show off his skill set Um to to NBA scouts and while I don't too much time thinking about that I think you know considering everything that's going on the time of the year the fact that it'll be like I said his last few games um I think I think he's going to step up but you know I, I did say there was another name I wanted to mention that other name I think people should keep their eye on is Sadar Calhoun and I think specifically because of what we've seen lately with the injuries and you know some of Florida State's depth taking a hit. Uh, I, I feel like Sadar, while he's not going to show out every single game, I feel like if this team does make a deep tournament run, Sadar will definitely have his moments over the course of, of these next coming weeks. So if I, you know, I would keep an eye out for him because I think he's been just such an excellent spark plug for this team this year. Um, and I just, you know, I think that's just the perfect way to describe him. That's very true. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm almost disappointed that I didn't mention um, him myself or, um, you know, Sardar Calhoun, that especially I think some of the athleticism that we've seen from him um, has been just kind of breathtaking, honestly. I mean, gosh, what was the the game against uh, – I'm trying to think what our last station was um, – uh, where he had that behind the back pass, my gosh, I cannot mm. remember what the what who they were playing, but you know, it's just his ability to kind of make those plays, 
obviously lockdown teams on the defensive end. Um, those are guys that, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, why didn't I not mention them? You know, and then, <laughs> well, so- it, and I think with Sadar's athleticism, I just wanted to mention this, you know, just watch him take, take a three pointer and you'll know exactly what, uh, <laughs> what Logan and I are talking about. He may, he maybe jumps as high as anyone I've seen on three pointers, certainly out of anyone on the team this season. Um, so, you know, with Sadar, if you really pay attention and you look at some of the small things that are going on with him, it's, it's quite frankly, really impressive. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he's definitely got, you know, some of the skills that can really just take your breath away on the court. And now I do want to go to the other side of the coin and say, who's somebody that you might be, keeping an eye on, but you're not really that happy with the way that they, they had performed. And, and for me, there is one clear answer. Um, I, I was a little, you know, not necessarily happy with some of the uses that he was getting. And, and it seemed to me like almost trying to force some offense through him of all people, uh, you know, in the post. Um, and that was, uh, it's annoying. Um, I, I mean, he, I don't know. I, I was definitely finding myself more frustrated more often than not um, when he was on the court, especially in the last two uh, tournament games. And I know that he's not necessarily the biggest piece of this team, but um, you know, I, I don't know that, you know, he's somebody that I probably wanted to see a little bit more out of for, for much of the year. Um, but you know, is there any comparable player for you, Ben, in that, that instance, or am I just kind of, you know, airing out my own frustrations? <laughs> Well, I think you might be airing your frustrations a little bit, but I, you know, I would say if anything, um, just just kind of based off what you're saying, I would want to see the uh, the you know the lineup get tighter. Um, while well, Florida State plays really deep during the season, and of course, you know that that's that's really important to their success. Um, I, I just don't think we're going to see Tenor and Gom get as many minutes, um, especially during the NCAA tournament. And I, you know, I think part of that was the fact that Balso was struggling with injury and, and that he was dealing with that thumb thing that, that, in, in the ACC tournament. So I think, you know, the reason we're seeing more of him recently is just because of, of injuries, quite frankly. Um, but, I, you know, and I guess based off that, I don't want to say someone I've been disappointed in recently or or, um, you know, that's not the right word, but I, I guess someone I, if I were a Florida State fan that I would want to to see play better is MJ Walker because he, mm-hmm. he can be su- such a key part of their success when they're playing really well. And when they aren't, you know, it, he can also be a, a part of that downfall. And of course, being one of the highest usage players on the team, that comes with the territory. But, um, you know, I, I, I feel like just, of late, especially especially since his injury, which which is we have to mention and we and we have to preface by saying all of this is that you know after that it it seemed like he wasn't as confident to me on the court. It seemed like he was struggling to come back and be comfortable in the offense. And you know all those turnovers that we were seeing is, is I think just a part of that, quite frankly. So you know I'll I'll be interested to see how MJ plays, especially in those first few minutes of, of tomorrow's game. And um, if I were a Florida State fan, I, you know, I would want to see him be playing a lot better at this time of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, certainly. Um, and I think it's it's kind of perplexing almost in a way that I know that he's been battling some injury issues as well. 
but you know, there's, you know, he's kind of been, it's been a rough stretch for him punctuated with that, you know, thousand point huge night that we saw, you know, and I I know he's had his issues, but I I find that to be just kind of a, a, a odd peak in the middle of that there. And then, so on a, on a macro level here, Last question I want to ask you before we maybe get into some a little bit of bracketology madness to close this thing out. Um, you know, what kind of macro level things or, or, you know, do you think that FSU just broadly needs to do well? Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I don't want to get into, you know, the kind of thing where we're saying, oh, well, if they score more points than the other team they'll do well you know that that's clear um <laughs> I, I don't think that shooting has been a big issue for this team for much of the year but um i i think that um if the if fsu can really especially against some of these mid-major teams that they might find themselves coming up against like unc greensboro i think if they can overwhelm teams early that'll really help them out um unc greensboro might be a little better equipped to handle it believe it or not than you know, like you said, just because they've got some depth so they can rotate guys in and out, find combos that work for, for them of personnel. Um, and I, I think, honestly, if FSU is able to play their game, you know, so they're not getting just bogged down on, on slow possessions from other teams, um, you know, they're not um, constantly having to play catch up, it seems like, you know, and I, I, I realize that that's kind of a broad point itself. You know, I think if FSU can kind of stick within their game plan and then not get caught in somebody else's. And I also, you know, I also think then a big, you know, booming start to the game would serve them well, but anything along those lines that you think might be, might be big. Well, I think, um, you know, just, just off what you mentioned, a fast start would obviously be really great for this team. If you look at all their games this year, um, whenever they've especially blown out teams, it's because they've gotten up big early. And I, I think, you know, that could be a huge part of it. But just going to what you were saying earlier about, you know, the way they play and, the, the you know, how that's going to translate, especially in this tournament. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here, Logan. I would be, quite frankly, really worried if I were an FSU fan just just based off how they've played recently and their play style because I think – while, you know, their style of play can can have them blow out the best of teams, quite frankly. I mean, look what happened against Virginia. Um, I think there's also a lot of variance in playing that style of basketball, you know, unfortunately for the Seminoles. When you when you rely on the three-point shot and, and, and shooting your jump shots as much as, as they do, um, it can really be your Achilles heel at, at times. And... And especially against these mid-major teams that are that are going to take a lot of threes, like like I was telling you earlier, like this this UNC Greensboro team averages twenty-five three-pointers, uh, three-point attempts per game. So there isn't going to be a lack of of shooting in, in this game. I can tell you that. And um, the the problem for me, if I'm trying to, um, if I'm a coach for Florida State, and if I'm trying to game plan. You know, the biggest worry has to be if, if we get cold at any point, if, if our offense stalls like it has been in the last few, few weeks at times, you know, um, I think disaster can easily strike with this team. Um, while and, and, you know, it, you know, as, as journalists, uh, as people who cover FSU sports, it's, it's in our best interest, me and you, Logan, for this team to go as far as possible. 
But um, I, I could obvious, I mean, not obviously, but I, I could very well see a situation where Florida State makes it to the Final Four, and I could very well see a situation where uh, in about 24-plus hours our season could be over. Um, so, you know, I think I think if you're a Florida State fan, I would be worried about how this team plays, not because they're not good and not because they can't be a very high-level team, but because, quite frankly, I think if – if any team catches them on the wrong night, um, disaster could very well easily strike. Certainly. You know, I guess that maybe if I was going to clarify that point a little bit better, I might have said that, you know, we would want FSU to play the game that that they had played a little bit earlier than this, you know, that they've been playing about a month ago. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because you're right, that that offense that we've seen really just kind of stall out a little bit, especially in the first halves against um, North Carolina, um, Georgia Tech, and even a little bit against Notre Dame, you know, that feels like it's, you know, way back when at at this point, Um, you know, it's really, you know, I I think you're right. Opposing teams are kind of locking on to that, um, that, you know, if they can really kind of get this offense stuck at neutral, um, that's where, you know, that's, that's where they can really kind of, you know, give Florida state a big problem. So I, I think you're right too. Um, I don't think that FSU fans should be unconfident, but I don't think that anything can really be taken for granted. Um, especially not in these early, early games either. Um, and now, now a bit of a more, more fun question here. Um, let's imagine any, any number of hypothetical matchups here. Um, are there any that you can see down the line that you're pretty excited about? I know um, I have a buddy who goes to to Georgetown, so I'm obviously slightly motivated to see that, you know, somehow to see Georgetown knock off Colorado. Uh, but even Colorado has been a real problem team in the Pac-12. Um, you know, they were kind of upset by Oregon State in that Pac-12 title game, but I, I know they really gave, you know, uh, they, they were a real issue for most of these other teams, I thought, in the in that title game, um, or not in that title game, excuse me, in the Pac-12 this year. Um, but one, the hypothetical matchup for me that I definitely want to see the most would be against Michigan, you know, and mm-hmm. that would require, obviously, Michigan beating um, Texas Southern um, and LSU to get there, and then FSU, um, or I'm looking at my bracket, so I'm cheating a little bit here. LSU <laughs> or St. Bonaventure or St. Bonaventure. Um, I guess you know who I picked in that one. But um, and then FSU would have to beat UNC Greensboro and some combination of either Colorado or Georgetown uh, to get there. But I, I was thinking, I think that would be just a heck of a matchup. You still have guys like um, MJ Walker, Anthony Polite, Raekwon Gray that you know ne- weren't necessarily playing a whole lot that year. But, you know, they were there for that, that really just brutal Elite Eight loss in, um, mm-hmm. in 2018. And that's one I think that – I mean, it would be a heck of a game, first of all. Michigan, I think, um, is probably one of the – I mean, they're a one seed, so they're clearly one of the, you know, best teams in the country. Um, but I, I think they're one of the Big Ten teams that has, you know – and this is a, a bracket that's got a ton of Big Ten talent. Um, they seem to have the fewest – readily apparent flaws to me um not having isaiah livers is, is obviously not ideal for them 
But I, I think that would be a matchup that both teams would be supremely motivated about. Um, you know, Ben, any anything for you on that? Or I'll even open it up. Are there any other hypothetical games, you know, elsewhere in the bracket that, that you're feeling particularly, you know, that you want to see? Well, I, I would just say outside of the, uh, the region that Florida State is playing in, you know, a few teams, or I guess one team in particular, I'm going to definitely keep my eye on is Oklahoma State. Um, yes. I think they're going to be a fascinating team. I'm, I'm, of course, a huge NBA fan, so I, I'm really interested to see how Cade Cunningham plays. And, um, uh, you know, another team for me that I'm going to be interested in is Iowa because I believe they're in the same region as Gonzaga. And, you know, that's a – all right, if I'm getting that right. And, um, you know, that's a that would be a really interesting matchup to me, especially in the uh, at that point in the tournament. You know, but in terms of where Florida State is, I, I you know, I want to go back to mention you to, to, to uh, something you mentioned earlier, which was um, a potential matchup versus Georgetown. And I think that would be really fascinating, not just um, on the court, because I think, quite frankly, if, if you look at the Georgetown team, they may have already played some of their best basketball. But, um, you know, I think, you know, we're journalists. We have to be real about this. The storylines of that game would be amazing. It would be fantastic. Um, you know, Leonard Hamilton, of course, uh, under the tutelage of, of the late John Thompson, who passed away this year, the, the longtime Georgetown head coach and in, in the, the coach when, when – um, Patrick Ewing, who's now the current head coach of Georgetown, um, was at the school. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think for, for all those reasons, it, it would be a really fascinating matchup as well as like what you mentioned w- with Michigan. Um, you know, that that's more of a that that'd be more interesting from a basketball perspective. And like you mentioned, um, the loss of Isaiah Livers cannot be um, overstated. It, 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 it's really it. I think it could really affect this Michigan team. But, um, you know, I, I think for Florida State, in terms of, I guess, getting that revenge, like you said, you know, uh, Raekwon Gray, uh, Anthony played there have been, you know, a few of these guys were, were there for that game and, and they were certainly a part of that team. And, um, you know, I think while some people and, you know, I, I even find or I not find myself, but but find other media members pushing this narrative of, you know, oh, is Florida State disappointed by how last season ended? Are they still thinking about it? You know, does Coach Hamilton talk to the team about, oh, they were a one seed last year, anything can happen, all that kind of stuff. They don't care about that at all. If you ask Leonard Hamilton, in fact, I don't think I did, but when he got a question about this, he simply answered, uh, you know, we haven't thought one second about last year. So, um, you know, in terms of, I guess, that perspective, because I, I know there will be certainly people playing into that, especially if they go further into the tournament, um, you know, but I, I don't think that's the, like I said, that's not what uh, determines the success for this team. That's not how they measure their success. They're not worried about last year's team. But I think, like what you're saying is um, against a really, really good Michigan team that they can match up against. You know, it's not just a chance for redemption from from 2018, but it's also just a chance to to be, quite frankly, a better team than any team you've beaten this year. And that would be the type of win that, you know, 
you know, if there are analysts who are confident in Florida State, that's the type of win you would want to see out of them. Um, so I think that that Michigan matchup could be hugely important. But like I was saying earlier, um, the Georgetown game would just be so much fun on on so many different levels. And quite frankly, I think it would be a really good matchup for Florida State. I think I don't think Georgetown would have. I, I think UNC Greensboro actually has a better chance of beating Florida State than Georgetown does. But um, I would be really fascinated just just for all the storylines um, to see that Georgetown game. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think you, you're on, on a great point there just about Georgetown basketball. I'm, I'm struggling to figure out whether they are that good or if Creighton just had – a massive face plant in the title game. And I, I'm suspecting that obviously we know Georgetown isn't bad, but I'm not, you know, convinced that they're suddenly finding, you know, a, another, you know, just another phenomenal, um, y- y- you know, plank in their game. Because I mean, after all, this was a team that had a losing record um, into the big East tournament, you know, just with that complete, you know, beat down of Creighton. So, um, and again, that Michigan game, I'm definitely a selfish pick for me as a fan, but I, I, I certainly do think you're on something there, you know, just in, in pointing out that, um, you know, this is a team that was able to kind of, you know, wipe its brain from a really not disappointing in terms of play last year, but disappointing in terms of circumstances, um, into the season. So, um, and I think that, um, I was, you know, and I'll admit I was probably thinking about that a little bit at the beginning of the year. Um, but I, I think now, you know, it's just the, 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 the tournament is just such a monumental thing that I think thinking about that alone is, is going to be consuming, um, you know, a lot, basically everybody's mental energy on the team. So I, I do want to ask you, Ben, um, I'm looking at my, my bracket right now and maybe, I don't know if I had just a, a massive, brain fart at work yesterday because I was doing a lot of uh, editing then, uh, a lot of consulting with my boss. Um, and I am looking at this and I, I, I have Oklahoma State in the final four. Um, mm. So I don't know if you could tell me if you think I'm on drugs because uh, <laughs> I know Cade Cunningham is very talented. I'm just not, you know, um, watching that. Um, you know, I did catch a little bit of the Big 12 tournament. Um, and I know they beat Baylor, Oklahoma State had beaten West Virginia. I, I think, speaking of that, I think West Virginia is a very vulnerable team. Um, but, you know, I don't know if you think I'm I'm just on one here or something like that. <laughs> no, no, no. I wouldn't say you're on one. I think, you know, quite frankly, if you, I think the best way, I don't know if it's the best way to look at the tournament, but a way to look at the tournament and in a comparison I've heard, for not a comparison, but a, um, you know, a, I think what we might see out of one of these teams, and I think Oklahoma State is one of the top contenders for that type of team, is, is a team that, you know, has one player get very, very hot at, at this time of the year and just go on an absurd run. And, and, the, and of course, you know, when everybody hears that, they think of Kemba Walker almost immediately and, and the great run he went on. And, you know, while I don't, I don't think we're going to see exactly the same out of Cade Cunningham, I think if Oklahoma State is going to succeed, it's going to be because of something like that. 
Um, so I definitely don't think you're crazy by any means. I think, um, I, I'm, I think quite frankly, there are a lot of good, good basketball teams. And, and I think it's, there is a little bit of a, a Gonzaga versus the field kind of feel to this tournament, but at the same time, um, you know, anything can happen in March. And if, if there's a player who, who is going to get hot, it's, it's going to be someone like Kate Cunningham. And while it might not be him in specific, um, you know, that there are any number of teams in this tournament that, that we could see that type of guy just, just come, not come out of nowhere, but just take it to an entirely new level that, sure. that, that we haven't seen during the tournament. And I just wanted to mention um, something else about Florida State really quick was that, um, you know, uh, or if I'm a Florida State fan, which I just want to preface this for everyone listening by saying, you know, I, I may have been a Florida State fan at one time, but I don't currently consider myself that anymore. Um, I, you know, um, I think with something I would be really disappointed by is how they finished out this season. And I mentioned it earlier, and I hate to be a, a bit of a downer, but, but you know, when you look at the way the seeding for the tournament came out, um, Florida State being a number four seed, um, is it, they could have very easily gone much higher had they just won a single game. And, and I don't say that just, just as a hyperbole. I think that's extremely true because when you look at um, how, how the tournament rankings come out, Florida State was the 13th overall ranked team in the entire bracket when the NCAA came out with their rankings. Um, so had they just won any single one of those games, whether it was versus Notre Dame to finish out the ACC regular season or against Georgia Tech, um, they easily could have been a number three seed or maybe even a two seed. You know, maybe that would be too high. But, um, you know, I guess I guess I just wanted to mention that, you know, this team had so many opportunities to not just, you know, be considered a really good team at the end of the season, but to be considered one of the best. And I think if you look now, there are, uh, there are more analysts than we were expecting to pick Florida State. I think that's because people like the idea of Florida State, but I'm not sure that um, the idea of this team is where this team is at. And, and yeah. that's the thing I would be worried about. I, I, I totally agree. I think that uh, a Final Four run and um, a, a big run is certainly in this team's power. But I think that, you know, um, we'll see. I mean, this is a they The East is not a joke. Um, I, I think that, you know, it's probably, I'd say the, the second, one of the toughest regions after. I think the Midwest is just a brutal region. Mm. But um, besides that, I mean, I think that it's not going to be easy for FSU to get there either. So, um but I know I'll certainly have my fingers crossed for them. Um, you know, it's, it's my, my final semester here. So I, I definitely want to see, you know, see something big, you know, just from, a, from maybe a selfish perspective. Um, but I, I think we've covered a lot of territory here, Ben, and I'm, I'm glad you were able to come on. Um, any, any final thoughts from you on uh, FSU basketball, on the tournament, on FSU in general, um, that, that you want to get off your chest before we close out here? You know, I wouldn't say there's there's anything specific that I would want to get off my chest. I, I guess, and, and I'm sure people can tell by listening to this podcast. Um, I, I'm not as high on on Florida State as as people might expect me to be. 
Um, and, and I think that's just because of the way that they're playing right now. And that could very well, you know, easily change. And, and we'll see how they play in this, this first game. Um, but if I were a Florida State fan, this is just not how I would want my team to be playing at this point. You know, you drop three out of your last five games. Um, and quite frankly, you kind of needed some of those games. If, if you look at the way things have turned out for Florida State, like I said, they were the 13th overall seed. Just had they, you know, won one of those games or things had gone a little differently, very, very easily could have been a three seed in this tournament. And and while, you know, if they win, people won't really go back and look on that. Um, I think, you know, at the moment right now, um, I would just be really worried about how this team is playing. And, and the fact that, that you know, teams have really been able to key in, like we were saying earlier, on, on the flow of their offense, uh-huh. you know, it, especially earlier in, in the season, if you look at how this team played in February in specific, they, they, their offense was just – it was so natural. And it, it looked like more of an extension of the players than anything else. And, and, and I haven't seen a team be that comfortable playing, you know, that well basketball. And, and quite frankly, a little while. At, at least the team I've been covering so closely. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if they can return back to that form, I think sky's the limit for this team. And I think they could return back to that form. But at the same time, they need to break out of what they've been the, the traps they've been falling into recently, which is relying too much on their offense, letting it get stagnant, letting the the flow of the offense stop. I, I think you know if you're watching Florida State and you're watching them play these games uh, in mid game, you're worried about this team. Um, you know if if their offense is flowing, you should not be that worried about this team because I think. Um, they could do anything. They could do any number of things w- with how good their offense is. But at the same time, if, if the offense is struggling, I would just I would be really worried, um, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I I think that you know where this team is at might not be indicative of where they were at earlier in the year, but I, I I'd like to be optimistic myself at least and and hope that they can go far. But I, I mean, only only time will tell. And luckily. We don't have much more time to wait, um, you know, before that this team will be out here uh, Saturday afternoon to get everything closed out. But uh, and on that note, I think we'll close out this episode of Talk and Chop here. So, um, again, I've had Ben Meyerson on with me. Ben's doing a lot of uh, great basketball coverage recently for the FSVU. And um, I, I'm glad that we were able to get him on. And you can expect another episode next week at the same time. We'll likely be recapping some of FSU men's and women's uh, NCAA tournament performances. So again, this has been Talk and Shop. Thank you so much for tuning in.